Hey there, Sooners Nation. We're continuing to wrap up the Oklahoma Sooners 2021 college football season. Today, we're going to hand out some awards. Offensive MVP, defensive MVP, MVP, newcomer of the year. All of the awards you can think of right here on Locked On Sooners. Are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation? Hope you're having a great week and welcome to the Locked On Sooners podcast. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners podcast. And you can subscribe to the show on YouTube. Check out Locked On Sooners. Hit the like button. Hit the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. And like I said, on today's show, we're going to talk postseason awards are going to hand out a, a bevy of awards from mvp to newcomer of the year underrated player of the year play of the year we're going to talk about all of it so let's get into it mvp right off the top we're not going to go in reverse order we're going to keep you engaged from the beginning kennedy brooks 1249 yards rushing 13 touchdowns the guy was a model of consistency throughout the year. Had a kind of a slow start to the year as the Oklahoma Sooners were trying to work in Eric Gray. They kind of minimized Kennedy Brooks's touches at the beginning, but maybe like three, four games into the season uh, after the, uh, the West Virginia game, really, and it just took off. He had a great game against the Texas Longhorns with over 200 yards rushing, had several more really, really, really strong games, including the Alamo Bowl win over the Oregon Ducks. Uh, This is just a guy that has been a consistent player for the Oklahoma Sooners his entire career. And one that I'm sad to see go. He was one of my favorite players to watch. And if you listen to the show, you've heard me gush about him. But I I love his running style that's just so patient, so elusive, and it's effortless. He's not running hard. He's not running fast. But he is running well. And he's running productively. He's like, it's that old adage, like, don't work harder, work smarter. Well, I feel like that's the kind of running back that Kennedy Brooks is and why I feel like he's going to have a lot of success when he gets to the next level because he's able to use his blocks very well to set himself up to, for big gains and get to the second level. And then he does a great job at, at making people miss. He's not necessarily the shiftiest guy. He's not necessarily the, the big bruising back either, but he does a great job at using leverage, using pad level to – bounce off would-be tacklers and he's got great balance and so kennedy brooks you are my mvp for the 2021 season and wish you all the best uh, in your future endeavors in the nfl hopefully you don't land in the nfc east where uh, you'll have to face my dallas cowboys twice a year because i would not enjoy that i, I already have a hard enough time uh, with jalen hurts over on the philadelphia eagles so kennedy please find land somewhere outside the nfc east that would be that, that's my only wish for you But if you do get drafted, I do wish you all the best. Just don't beat my Cowboys. All right, Offensive Player of the Year. Now, this one might sound a little controversial, but and it's mostly just due to the circumstances around this guy. And that's – I'm going to give it to Caleb Williams. Um, I don't know really what else to say. The guy was really good for the Sooners for most of the season once he took over for Spencer Rattler in the Red River Showdown. That Red River Showdown comeback was, was phenomenal. And even though Caleb Williams isn't going to be a Sooner in the future, he's likely going to end up somewhere else. 
it's hard to to just wipe that Red River Showdown comeback from our memory banks. It was incredible. It was one of the most impressive comebacks that we've seen. I mean, just a few years ago, we saw Jalen Hurts do it against the Baylor Bears, and Caleb Williams did it in his first real extended action uh, as a quarterback in college football. And to me, that's the thing that's most impressive about it is, yes, he got some action against like Western Carolina, got a got a carrier to uh, in the in the games leading up to the Red River Showdown, but to come in and get your first real extended action against high level competition uh, outside of Western Carolina. This was a phenomenal, phenomenal performance. Um, You can't really say enough about it from the running ability to being able to extend plays and get the ball downfield, trusting your playmakers to make a play uh, in 50, 50 situations. I mean, the the stats speak for themselves, 65% completion percentage, 27 total TDs, four interceptions. Now. Yeah. He did have a bad game against Baylor, which, which cost him a loss, had a bad game against Iowa state, which I mean, the, the defense really showed up in that game and was very, very impressive. Kennedy Brooks also was really impressive against Iowa State. Uh, and then in the second half of the Oklahoma State game, it, it didn't fare well very for Caleb Williams either. But the body of work, what he did against Texas Tech, 400, touchdown, 400 yards and six touchdowns, what he get, did against TCU, nearly 300 passing yards and four touchdowns, it, it was all very impressive. Uh, were there underwhelming moments? Absolutely it's going to happen from time to time, especially with a freshman quarterback, seeing defenses that are more complex than what he saw in high school. That's just the reality of the situation. That's why like a guy like Baker Mayfield getting to sit for a year when he walked on and not be eligible right away, it benefited him because he could sit, watch you know, defenses, learn a little bit, and then take over. Or Kyler Murray, he sat for a year or two, then took over. Jalen I mean, Jalen Hurts kind of came in right away and he did his thing, but he was a different breed. He, he had been playing in Alabama for several years, understood what complex defense looked like and was able to, to do what he did for the Oklahoma Sooners. So I don't fault Caleb Williams necessarily for, for having some bad games. I mean, in a season where the Sooners were so up and down, they couldn't really find a lot of consistency in many aspects. Uh, the, the fact that your true freshman quarterback was one of your better players, I kind of speaks to the, the weird year that it was, you know, um, it, I'm, I'm going to be bummed to see him playing somewhere else. I'm excited about what's coming. Dylan Gabriel, Nick Evers, maybe some other transfer quarterbacks like uh, Jackson dart perhaps. Uh, and then uh, Chuba Purdy. And then they're in on Arch Manning. Like the quarterback future for the Oklahoma Sooners is still very, very exciting but I really enjoyed watching Caleb Williams play. He was a lot of fun to watch. And he just, he, I like the way that he carried himself on the field. Just really cool, calm and collected. Never got too worked up, never got too high, never got too low. Stayed in the zone, stayed in the game. So uh, yeah, Caleb Williams is my offensive MVP. And I, I hate to say, I wish you luck. Cause I don't necessarily want you to go out there and, and light it up and then maybe beat the Sooners in the playoffs. I wish you well. How about that? I wish you well. Um, hope you find what you're looking for. Hope you find happiness and, uh, we're going to be just fine at Oklahoma. Dylan Gabriel is going to be great. I think this next year, and especially if some of these receivers return, like we're going to talk about here as we go, I think that the offense is going to be just fine. They're going to score some points. It's going to be a good Oklahoma Sooners team. Yes. Caleb Williams. You were fun to watch time to move on. Dylan Gabriel. You're the man. Aloha. Mahalo for coming to Oklahoma. All right, real quick before we get to a break, Defensive Player of the Year. 
Nick Bonito. I mean, this probably is the obvious one. The dude is just a, a machine out there just racking up pressures after pressures, stops. He was one of Pro Football Focus's highest graded pass rushers in 2021. Uh, he made their second team uh, All-American. He was one of their second team All-Americans. The guy is one of the best players in the conference. He did not necessarily get the respect of the Big 12 voters, but he is definitely one of the best players in the conference, offensively or defensively. Just what he's able to do off the edge, both as a pass rusher and in the run game, and then his versatility to be able to drop into coverage, affect the passing game, spy quarterbacks. It's, it's really like, it's unique. That's really what it comes down to. It's a unique trait that he's got to be so versatile. Um, and, and you see the stats there, seven sacks, 15 tackles for loss. And this is in a season where he had other players actually eating around him. You know, Jalen Redmond had some great moments. Uh, Perrion Winfrey did. Isaiah Thomas did. I mean, if he was not having to share the, the sack totals with these other guys, what could, his num- what could his numbers look like? That's a good question to ask. Coming up next, we're going to – oh, before we, before we go to the break, I want to talk – give you a, just an honorable mention and it is Isaiah Thomas. I think similar to Nick Bonito, Isaiah Thomas, you know, a captain of the team, a guy that was able to play on the edge, play inside when Jalen Redmond was out with his injury. His versatility was very important for the Oklahoma Sooners this year. His ability to rush from the interior allowed them to have more flexible fronts, get more guys on the field and kind of fill in like i said when jalen redmond was out to be able to have a guy that has that ability to play inside and out it just does a lot for your defense it creates a lot of options for your defense and that's why i think he's going to have a really good career at the next level you know he may not be a a top 100 pick in the nfl draft but i really do think he'll go in the first four rounds because his production is good his measurables are good and then that versatility is going to aid him very well. Think of like a Dorrance Armstrong type, a guy that played at Kansas, was productive there, uh, and has the versatility to play on the inside of the outside. I think that's going to serve him well. Uh, another guy, oh, I'm blanking on the name now, down at, uh, he was at Texas. Um, uh, never mind. He was a guy that, that played on the edge, but also could play inside, and he's having a really nice career for the Houston Texans now. And uh, so Isaiah Thomas, my uh, honorable mention for defensive player of the year. Uh, but first, before we talk about the newcomers of the year and get into compact player of the year, let's talk about NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash locked. And today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. 
Make sure you go to netsuite.com. Use promo code LOCKED for the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. All right, now getting into the comeback player, or sorry, newcomers of the year, comeback player of the year. Uh, let's talk offensive newcomer of the year. And it's Caleb Williams. Uh, you didn't expect him to see the field this year. You thought Spencer Rattler was going to be the, the Heisman contender. I thought Spencer Rattler was going to be the Heisman contender. I think most people thought Spencer, Spencer Rattler was going to have a good year, put the Oklahoma Sooners in position to contend for the national title. And that just did not turn out to be the case. Turnovers were an issue. Holding the ball too long was an issue. Not able to find receivers uh, in the short to intermediate part of the field on a more regular basis because teams were playing more shell coverage and taking away the deep ball. I think that really hindered his ability. We saw it again with Caleb Williams as well, that Caleb Williams struggled to find anything in the short to intermediate part of the field. Some of that due to the play calling. You saw a lot of plays where there were situations where there was just no receiving options underneath, you know, they, or they're using like a guy like Eric gray, who'd be a great check down option. And he, they've got him in as a pass protector because they were focused so much on getting the ball downfield vertically, which did work at times. It, it didn't allow them to get anything, get any easy stuff going. Like I, I think back to the Kansas state game, Kansas state was playing a lot of shell coverage. They were playing too deep zone. And they were not going to let the Oklahoma Sooners beat them deep. They were going to make Spencer Rattler drive the field and score drive after drive after drive. And he did. He had a great day that game against Kansas State. Uh, And the Oklahoma Sooners put up 37 points. Where did that offense go? We saw it against West Virginia as well. West Virginia was a tough defense. The Oklahoma Sooners had a hard time manufacturing points against them. But they were using more of a short kind of – uh, quick passing scheme where they were getting the ball out of Spencer Rattler's hands quick, getting it to the outside, letting receivers make a play. Where did that go? I felt like they just kind of got rid of the whole bubble screen game, the wider screen, wide receiver screen game, which I'm usually not typically a big fan of, but it is one thing that you can use to help kind of offset some of the struggles you might be having with your running game, which against West Virginia, they did have a bit of that. And you can get the ball out of your hands, out of your quarterback's hands quickly and allow your wide receivers to make a play after the catch. And with guys like Mario Williams and Michael Woods and Marvin Mims and Jaden Hazelwood, you have guys that were able that can break some tackles or make some guys miss. So why they didn't do that more, I'm not sure. Uh, defensive Newcomer of the Year, Key Lawrence. Big Key. Uh, 47 total tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, one sack, four pass breakups, and three forced fumbles. The guy was... He, he was kind of the Isaiah Thomas of the next level or of the secondary, a guy that you could play at safety, guy you could play in the slot, and then he even started a game on the outside at cornerback uh, with injuries that they were dealing with, uh, with Woody Washington um, and some of the inconsistency like with Billy Bowman. They needed a guy that could kind of just float around the defense and, and be a consistent player. Um, and it was really cool to see him you know, get a few snaps at corner and then earn a, a spot start at cornerback. And, and he succeeded. He played well in that game against Texas Tech. I mean, just from the first play of the game, they tried to challenge him on the outside. And it looked like he was going to get beat, but his competitiveness allowed him to break up the pass uh, for an incomplete pass. And I feel like that really set the tone for the Oklahoma Sooners defense. And you know, speaking of that game, like Isaiah Thomas was a big tone setter in that one too. He didn't necessarily get sacks right off the bat, but he was batting down balls and 
and those PBUs, those pass breakups at the line of scrimmage when um, Henry Columbia was trying to hit some quick passes that really made it hard on the Texas Tech offense to get anything going early in the game. Uh, but Key Lawrence, back to Key Lawrence, he was just phenomenal for the Oklahoma Sooners in the second half of the season. And someone I'm really, really excited to watch and looking, really looking forward to watching in 2022. I think he's going to have a huge year uh, under Brent Venables in his defense and could potentially play more of like an Isaiah Simmons role where he's playing safety. He's playing box safety. He's playing linebacker, some nickel, some slot corner. I think they're going to be able to use his athleticism, his competitiveness, and, and some speed in his tackling ability to put him in a lot of different situations where he's going to be able to thrive. So very excited to watch Key Lawrence play our defensive newcomer of the year and comeback player of the year here, Jaden Hazelwood. Got to give it to Jaden Hazelwood. Led the team in receptions and touchdowns after missing um, most, if not most of, I think he played a few snaps at the end of the 2020 season. Uh, but he missed pretty much all of the 2020 season after a uh, big ACL injury um, or knee injury and came back and, and was really good for the Oklahoma Sooners. I think one of the things like you look at their numbers and you had a bunch of receivers with more than 30 catches, but they didn't have the guy that kind of broke away from the pack. Like they didn't have somebody that was, that had a thousand yard receiving season. They didn't have anybody break 50, 60 catches like they might typically have. Uh, it, it was one of those like spread the wealth kind of offenses. And one of the situations was like, they had a lot of depth at wide receiver, but that also didn't really give uh, the the wide receivers a ton of opportunities to, to make plays and put up big numbers. And that's, I mean, I, I don't want to say that's the reason why they were, they had some inconsistency at some point you need some continuity between your quarterback and your pass catchers. And that's why you see NFL teams run, you know, they, they do rotate receivers, but their starters, they play 70, 80% of the snaps because you want continuity. The quarterback needs to have guys on the field that he trusts are going to be in the right position when they need to be there. They're going to read the defense the same way that he reads the defense. The quarterback does. So Jaden Hazelwood, he had a great, I think he had a really good year. I think it could have been better had he gotten more snaps, gotten more opportunities, targets, um, and, you know, he's, he's a guy that he's transferring to Arkansas. I feel like he's going to put up big numbers for the Razorbacks, just like Charleston Rambo did this year for Miami. He may not put up Charleston Rambo, Rambo type numbers, but he's going to have an opportunity. Traylon Burks is going to be one of the you know first wide receivers taken in the NFL draft in 2022. He'll go in the first or top of the second round. Um, and so Hazelwood's going to step into an opportunity where he can make some plays for the Razorbacks. Uh, and then, Got to talk about my guy, Jeremiah Hall, giving him the underrated player of the year award, 32 catches, 334 yards and four touchdowns. And it was a guy like coming into the season. I think a lot of people expected Austin Stogner to kind of be seen as the starter at that H back tight end position, but really it turned into Jeremiah Hall who played the most snaps of the three that, that rotated at that position. And he was super productive. I mean, the, the play action bootleg that they love to run. He was very effective in that. But he was even effective going over the middle of the field as well, running running a you know kind of shallow post uh, to the middle of the field. He was really good catching the ball in traffic. He's a guy that, like Kennedy Brooks, I'm going to miss a lot because he's a very smart player, and he's one of those glue guys of your team. You know, I, if you haven't met, 
you know, heard me mention that, that term before glue guy. It's that guy that may not be like considered the best player on your team or one of the five best players on your team, but he's a guy that every team needs if they're going to win football games and you lose a guy like that. And, and it definitely hurts your team, but it just gives somebody like a Braden Willis an opportunity to step in and then become that next glue guy. The guy like Drake Stoops, so to speak, a guy that might be a little fly a little bit under the radar, but is going to make plays for you when called upon. So Jeremiah Hall, the underrated player of the year. And then the forgotten man of the year. And that goes to Marvin Mims, 32 receptions, 705 yards, 22 yards per reception, five touchdowns, 22 yards per reception. That's ridiculous. Like that is an insane number on yards per reception. Uh, you think back to like CD lamb's season with Jalen hurts. Now CD lamb had a fantastic year that year, averaged 21 yards per reception that season. And I call Marvin Mims the forgotten man a little bit because I feel like there could have been a lot more. Like he could have had more targets, more receptions, more yards, more touchdowns. But it seemed like they would just they just went away from him certain games. Like he was not even a part of the game plan uh, some weeks. And just another one of like the questionable decisions, questionable coaching maneuvers by Lincoln Riley. And I have no explanation for it. He's your best wide receiver. How do you not get him the ball more than you got him? It, it just baffles my mind. They, they wanted him deep as often as possible, but when teams are taking away the deep ball, you got to figure out a way to get him the ball in the short to intermediate part of the field. And it's also on your quarterbacks to get him the football as well, because he is that guy. He's that dude. The only way that deep, routes work is if they think that that wide receiver can also beat them short to intermediate as well. Cause they start sitting on that short to intermediate stuff. And then that's when you go deep on them. You look at Tyreek Hill. He doesn't just run deep every single route. He's running crossing routes. He's running drags. He's running short. And that was the same thing with Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown was running those, those shallow drag routes, catching the ball at like two yards past the line of scrimmage, or sometimes on the offensive side of the line of scrimmage, and then making plays after the catch. I feel like that's the way that they should have gotten Marvin Mims more involved. So forgotten man of the year, Lincoln Riley, come on, man. How do you forget Marvin Mims? Yes, he had 32 catches. Yes, he led the team in yardage. But like I said, it could have been even better. It could have been much, much more, especially in games when you're struggling to move the football. I don't know how you don't get Marvin Mims the football more than you did. All right, coming up next, we got to talk about, we've got our assistant of the year, and I'm going to give out Offensive, Defensive, and Special Team Player of the Year awards. But first, I want to talk to you about GetUpside. This is an incredible app for everyone who buys gas that needs to know about, and that's GetUpside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play Store right now. Use promo code SCORE and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back on your first fill-up. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for things like Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE 
to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank and up to 25 cents per gallon on tanks after that. That's promo code SCORE. And we're also going to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as they continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Juice use our promo code locked on to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's bet online where the game starts. Hey, and thanks so much for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. I appreciate your your understanding with me. I missed a couple episodes earlier this week, and uh, we had some some family stuff going on. Uh, My wife and I and my daughter were were a foster family for a little guy, and he had his first overnight visit uh, with his bio parents uh, tonight uh, as I'm recording this. Uh, So... You know, we, we've, we've had him with us since he was two weeks old uh, from the hospital and uh, we love this little dude. And um, so mind has just kind of been thinking about that a lot this week, just kind of what's that going to feel like for him, what that's going to look like for him. And, you know, if you've ever considered fostering or you do foster um, and you have questions, feel free to hit me up. Uh, I'm more than willing to talk about it and, and share our experience, uh, some of the ups and downs of it and, and just know like, even though while it's been an emotional roller coaster at times, it's, it's something that's been, we we've loved every bit of it. We wouldn't change any of it because we're so thankful that we've been able to, to get to know this little guy, to love him, to provide a loving home for him um, and, and a nurturing home for him uh, in this season of life. And uh, you know, so that's kind of been weighing on us, but uh I'm excited to talk some, some Sooners football with you and just kind of get back to it. Um, so let's let's talk about the assistant coach of the year. Sorry, sometimes I'm a share. I'm an oversharer. I just, I just, I don't know. I want you all to get to know me a little bit, um, not just talk sports, but get to know some of the things that are going on in my personal life as well. Not because that way you just, I don't know, have a better understanding of who I am as a person as opposed to just a guy over the over the air or on your screen if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, but again, thank you so much for being a part of Locked On Sooners. Uh, all right. Assistant coach of the year, DeMarco Murray, Boomer Sooner. Um, this goes really, I mean, he had a good year on the field. Kennedy Brooks had a fantastic year. Eric Gray had some really good moments. Marcus Major got up to speed and had some nice moments as well. But the biggest reason I'm getting giving him this is for what he's done on the recruiting trail. After Lincoln Riley left for USC, the biggest question was, are the guys that are committed to the team going to stay committed to the team? And there were definitely, there were decommitments. It was expected, not surprising. Uh, But there were guys that they reaffirmed their commitments and in large part due to DeMarco Murray. Uh, Think of DeAndre Moore. So DeAndre Moore, wide receiver out of the 2023 class. He is from Las Vegas. Uh, played high school ball there his uh, sophomore year, freshman and sophomore year. Then he moved, he transferred to go play uh, at Los Alamitos High School with Malachi Nelson, the quarterback that was committed to the Oklahoma Sooners that decommitted and ended up at USC. And with Makai Lemon, a uh, wide receiver who was committed to the Sooners, decommitted and went to USC. 
DeAndre Moore is playing with those guys. And so many thought, well, maybe he's going to go and follow those guys to USC as well. No, he, he decided to stay committed to the Oklahoma Sooners. And, and he said it, I'm, I'm riding with the Marco Murray. If he's at Oklahoma, I'm at Oklahoma. And it would have been really easy for him to say, nope, I'm just going to go where I, where I follow, you know, I want to follow my coach, but no, I'm, I'm staying committed there. And then you look at Gavin Sawchuk. It did not take Gavin Sawchuk long to make it known that he was riding with DeMarco Murray as well. Javante Barnes, another one. Now, again, a, a player from the Las Vegas area as well. These guys were big time commitments recruited by DeMarco Murray. Yes, they lost Relique Brown, but they still hit home. He still hit home runs with those three guys, and he's going to continue to do so. He's already, he's, he's making waves for this Oklahoma Sooners uh, team in this offense. So, DeMarco, you get the assistant of the year. Um, now let's talk plays of the year, offensive play of the year. This one is the Marvin Mims diving catch along the sideline in the Red River Showdown. Uh, this is the one where Caleb Williams kind of rolls out to his right and kind of throws it on the run. Mims is kind of veering towards the sideline, and he just makes this, I don't know, kind of dives backwards along the sideline, catches the ball, as he's going over the goal line for a touchdown, it was a phenomenal play. It showed off his ability to make plays in 50, 50 situations. It showed off elite uh, adjustment skills with the ball in the air, the ability to find a way to subtly create separation. Yes, he did push off a little bit, but wide receivers and DBs, they push off all the time, but he didn't do it so egregiously that it could have been an offensive pass interference, but he found a way to get separation track the ball in the air, turn his body, dive, make the catch, and go in for the score. It was incredible. Uh, so Marvin Mims gets that Offensive Player of the Year. I mean, there are several Caleb Williams plays that you could have chosen, uh, whether it's the 66-yard the touchdown run in the Red River Showdown, the <laughs> taking the ball away from Kennedy Brooks in the Kansas game on fourth and three. Um, it could have been any number of plays, you know, his, his plays in the, uh, against Oklahoma state, some of his throws, then the run at the end of the game in Bedlam to put them in scoring position to potentially t- uh, take the lead. Uh, a lot of really great plays, but for my money, the Marvin Mims uh, touchdown catch in red river, I feel like that gave the Sooners a ton of momentum as they were trying to come back in that game uh, and walk, you know, those runs by Kennedy Brooks were fantastic. A lot of that was due to the blocking in front of them by Braden Willis, Jaden Hazelwood, Drake Stoops. Those guys just blocked that up to perfection. And Kennedy Brooks uses vision to perfection to find a way through and, uh, and score the touchdown there. But again, Marvin Mims gets the diving uh, with the diving touchdown in the Red River Showdown gets uh, the uh, play of the year, the offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. This one, this one was the, the hit that was heard around the world and that is in the Iowa State game. Uh, the Oklahoma Sooners is just before halftime. It's a pretty tight ball game. And uh, Brock Purdy rolls left. He's attempting to, to make something happen at the end of the half. And Key Lawrence just comes in like a missile, a ballistic missile just shot out of a launcher and crushes Brock Purdy, forces the fumble. Jalen Redman, big Jalen Redman. Uh, he, he picks it up on the bounce. And he returns it for a touchdown, um, a touchdown that was dubbed thick six. Um, 
And it's, it's one of that I'll remember for a really, really long time, just the way it all transpired, the key moment in the game. And it really helped propel Oklahoma to that bounce back win after getting beat by Baylor uh, just the week before. Uh, and then the special teams play, play of the year. This one, I talked about it on the Big 12 roundtable uh, with those guys, but it's the Caleb Kelly, Kelly strip of Xavier Worthy uh, in the Red River Showdown. That play allowed Oklahoma to take their first lead of the game on the Kennedy Brooks run. Um, it, was, it was monumental. The, the kickoff came after a Marvin Mims touchdown, and Xavier Worthy, who had been having a fantastic game, a phenomenal game, all game long, uh, he, you know, looks like he's probably going to go down. He's getting bottled up by the the kickoff return defense, and Caleb Kelly just reaches in there with both hands and just takes the ball away. And it was one of those plays like nobody knew what what had happened, but Caleb Kelly's running to running to the stands with the ball all of a sudden, just out of nowhere. The refs had to go back and review it, but it was clear as day that it was a strip fumble. And Caleb Kelly came up with the ball and just continued to to snowball Oklahoma's momentum in the Red River Showdown that led to them ultimately winning the football game. But hey, tell me what was your favorite play of the game of the season? If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you tell me your favorite play of the season. Give me some of your rewards. I asked the question over there in the community section on YouTube. I asked. You know, who was your player of the year, your defensive player of the year, MVP? But also tell me, who was your your offensive – what was your offensive player of the year, your favorite defensive player of the year? I mean, there were so many really good ones. I mean, on, on special teams, you had great kicks, great field goal kicks by, by Gabe Burkich um, that very easily could have been the special teams player of the year as well. Uh, the game winner against Iowa State, I think that could have been a phenomenal uh, choice as well. So let me know how you feel about it, what what your choices would be for these, these – uh, these awards and uh, I'd love to read those in the comment section there on YouTube. So make sure you do that. Thank you again so much for listening to locked on Sooners. That's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure you go and check out the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. So make sure you subscribe to the show over there on YouTube and until tomorrow where we're going to talk, we're going to count down the best, the we're going to rank the wins from 11 to one for the Oklahoma Sooners in 2021. And until then, I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.